Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 133, My Fitness Journey Part 2, Moving Through Resistance and Lack of Time with my trainer, Lisa Bodenberg. So today we're talking about the next 30 days of my fitness journey. So I guess I should say the last 30 days of my fitness journey, which brings us up to a total of 60 days. At this point in time, I've lost 13.4 pounds, which is super exciting. My overall goal is 30. So we are well on our way, almost halfway there. And today we're having a very vulnerable conversation about what happens when you're met with resistance on the path towards your goal. And that could be a fitness goal. It could be a business goal. Whatever it is, it's all the same. So we're going to talk about moving through that to the other side and obviously staying consistent with the results that you are craving. So let's go ahead and dive in. This episode is sponsored by the iHeart Coaching Workshop. This is a two-day experience for new and aspiring coaches looking to build a thriving online coaching business. So I'm going to be joined by my whole team, giving you all the information you need for discovering who your ideal client is, designing your offer, high-performance tips so that you can go to the next level in your life, in your business, getting clear on what it is that you actually want in your life and your business, the marketing strategies that are working right now online, and of course, money mindset, which is one of my biggest specialties. We're also going to talk about sales and the way in which you can ramp up your sales goals and reach some new clients and finally achieve those revenue goals. So go to iheartcoaching.com to learn more about this workshop happening on September 16th and 17th, 2020. And I'll look forward to seeing you there. All right. Welcome back to the I Heart My Life show, Lisa. I'm excited to dive into our second segment of this series, all about weight loss and health and my own personal journey and obviously sharing your expertise. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here again. So at the time that we're recording this, I did step on the scale this morning and I'm officially down 13.4 pounds in total. Yeah. (laughs) And we are at the 60 day mark, I believe. So that's why we wanted to record this session today. So that's really exciting. My overall goal is 30 pounds. Um, And I know that, you know, the past few weeks for me and, you know, have been quite challenging. So we're going to talk a little bit about moving through challenge and how you handle any of the roadblocks or any of the just everyday stressors that kind of threaten to um, take you off track or, or cause you to deviate from the path of fitness. So we're going to get really real and honest today. Fantastic. I love it. So for me, uh, like I said in the last episode, the beginning was challenging the first week, but then I started to get into a rhythm, started started to see results and things um, really started to transform. And then there was a point where I started to plateau a little bit. And so you and I talked a bit about that and you gave me a few solutions and one of which um, has to do with carbs. So I was wondering if you could tell people a little bit more about what it would look like or what the solution is when people start to plateau plateau and why that might actually happen. Absolutely. So it's it's extremely common for everyone to plateau when they start something new. The reason that they're seeing results in the beginning is because you're shocking the system. And now we are shocking the system in my program from two different angles. We're not only shocking the system via the workouts that we're doing, we're also shocking your system via the nutrition plan that you're following. So we have the body, which is used to doing 
a certain thing a certain way. You're used to moving a certain way and you're used to eating a certain way. And it, it has maintained homeostasis around those norms. Now we have completely upset homeostasis, but we're shocking the system in in a fat burning way. So we're attacking it from all angles. That's why a lot of people, including yourself, saw more than average results right away in the beginning, which is amazing because then it shows you how capable you really are. What we have to prepare ourselves for is when our body now understands that this is our new normal and it's going to get back to homeostasis. And that's when people start to see that plateau. But if we know about that ahead of time, we can prepare ourselves and we can prepare our mindset. Okay, we knew this was going to happen and we have a plan for it. And how how we can attack that is, again, two ways. Do we attack this from changing up our workouts or do we attack this from our nutrition plan? If you're consistently changing up your workouts, and I don't mean different every day for the rest of your life, that that's almost impossible. I mean, if you, unless you change, unless you consider changing just one rep per exercise, a change, um, you definitely have to keep it fresh, but it's not something that needs to be completely different every day. That's, that's absolutely not necessary. There's also a, a, a finesse around learning how to do your exercises and becoming a master of them. And the same thing goes with everything else. If you become a master at something, it's because you've not done it once or twice or a handful of times. It's because you've done it thousands of times. And you've done it thousands of times correctly. So now you can become a master at that. So there is a careful balance between that. So I don't want people to get confused when I say changing up your exercises. But I would say by a rule of thumb, if you haven't changed your exercise routine in six weeks, it's time to change that up a little bit because you won't be getting the same burn that you were used to getting before. Now, on the other hand, we have our nutrition. If your exercises have been if have not been monotonous, if they have been varying, um, then we want to take a look at your nutrition. Is that something that we need to change up? Now, with yourself, you'll recognize that the the meal plan I started you out with was pretty simple, pretty bare bones, a lot of protein, a lot of vegetables, and very low to moderate of carbs and fats. And the reason why is because we wanted to get your body used to that clean, healthy eating. And then from there, I use macros to help measure in which is best for your body and your body type. And that's different for everyone. Now we have two sources of energy. We have fats or carbs. And the problem in lies with most American dishes is you have too many of both. So if you separate fats and carbs, you can actually have a very high diet full of carbs and very low fats and have be very lean and have not, you know, not a lot of fat on your body and perform very well. Or other people are, are different and they don't respond. Their body doesn't respond well to that. So they have high fats and very minimal carbs. That would be more like the ketogenic diet. So people who do very well with that, again, you can still have an extremely lean a uh, very good athlete on that type of diet. But again, back to the problem is if you look at most American dishes, they're very high in both. So what ends up happening is the body then holds on to whichever one that it's not used to using and it will use the other one as the energy source. And then that other one gets held onto and stored as fat. And that's how we, that's how we gain fat over time. So our body is holding on to that energy source because it's unsure of the next time 
it's going to be able to use it. It's going to need, it's going to need it because it doesn't need it right now. So that's kind of what, where, where we were as we, we got to a point where we needed to understand, okay, where does this work for your body and which source is going to be best for you and your body type? We introduced carbs with you and you, your, the scale didn't move. So I knew right away that your body was going to burn carbs, which is fantastic. Then we get into our mindset though. And that's where something I'd love to hear your side of it, because when you, when you have someone who's very strict for six weeks on exactly what to eat, and it does not include carbs, and you, you now ask them to eat a, a good serving of carbs, that has, to, that has to scare someone. And I understand that. So you know, how did you feel when, when that point in time happened in your training? I think for me, the thing that helped me move through any um, initial fear, which just like you said, it was kind of like, well, I've been doing this one way and it's been working. Why would I add carbs back in? Especially for me, because I've always, I mean, when I think of carbs, I think about bread and I haven't really had, at least not knowingly, haven't had any butter for two months, which is crazy. But I was always like a fan of butter and toast and um, pizza. And that's what I think of when I think of carbs. And that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> but that was my my big question mark was what's going to happen when that is added back in because I have uh, a negative relationship with carbs in that I look at it from a certain perspective. And I've been taught that carbs make you fat. And so there's all this like emotion around it as well. But you basically described it to me as, you know, we're going to introduce carbs, one serving of carbs before your workout, and you're going to burn it off. It's actually going to turn into energy and it's going to help fuel you during your workout. And you've said to me multiple times, you know, it's impossible for you to gain two pounds from one meal, or it's impossible for you to do this, this and this. And so I think just understanding the science and the why behind it, that made all the difference for me, because obviously, you're the expert, and I'm buying into certain thought processes and things I've been taught over the years that aren't necessarily true, or useful. And so listening to you and and your guidance made all the difference. That's really refreshing to hear, um, and I'm and I'm glad to hear hear you say that in your perspective because I think it's very important as as a coach, no matter what it is that you're t- the topic that you're coaching on, it's important for you to be able to put yourself in your client's shoes and understand their their mindset and their fears because then you can help coach them through those fears. Um, but exactly, exactly what you said, that the carbs that you thought were bad were not necessarily carbs that we're actually talking about. Um, I, my goal is to also educate you know, everyone, educate my clients on what are good, clean carbs and, and you know, are they good or are they bad? And clean carbs 100% are not bad and they, they fuel your body, they build your muscles, they give you energy. Um, they just got to be, they have to be used, used in the right way. Yeah. So for me, that meant, well, I've been having a banana in my morning shake um, the entire time. And I really like that. But it meant like rice cakes and you said oats and sweet potatoes. So not just, you know, a slice of bread or the pizza, a very different sort of carb. And I haven't noticed, you know, obviously I've, I've lost weight. I haven't gained weight. So how do you know whether somebody whether you go down the carb route or the fats route? So for me, I use a person's history. 
I use their body type, which is mesomorph, endomorph, or ectomorph. And then I use um, basically their, their, their prior food journal. So if you remember in the beginning, I asked you to fill out some forms of things that you typically like to eat. And our bodies typically like to eat things that we, that, that we need. Um, if you have ever noticed, and I know this is very, very kind of a weird t- topic, but there are females who will crave red meat around their period. And the reason why is because you're losing iron. So your body needs iron. So you crave that red meat. So it's, it's incredible the way the body works and the way it actually speaks to us. So I use all that and put it together and, and that's how I make my decisions. I would say most people, most of my clients, their bodies respond very well to carbs. Whereas it's been few and far in between where people want to follow the ketogenic diet. You can do that. I just feel it's, it's more limiting. Other people, their mindset is the opposite where they don't like the carbs. They don't like oats or rice cakes or sweet potatoes or rice or, or they don't like things like that. They like avocados and nuts and oils and, uh, you, you know, more high fat items. So that's fine if that's what they would rather have than having carbohydrates. But one thing you have to keep in mind is one gram of carbs is four calories. One gram of fat fats is nine calories. So you're going to have to consume less amount in, if you choose fats, then you will have to consume in carbs because we still want our caloric intake to remain low. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. And so one of the things that you also introduced for me during this time was a treat meal, essentially, and um, or two treat snacks throughout the week. And James and I um, decided we weren't going to call these, uh, what is the phrase people often use? Not treat, but like, um, oh, cheat. That's what it is. Yeah. And James and I decided we weren't going to call it a cheat meal because I didn't want to, in my mind, associate it with like something negative like cheating. And so we started calling it like we played with different terms, indulgence or treat or whatever. And um that was also really interesting. And and it was interesting from the perspective of when I actually had these things. So for example, my first go-to was pizza. When I had the pizza, it didn't actually satisfy me. And I was like, actually, I don't think that was really worth it. But what I did have in that same meal was this insanely good chocolate chip cookie that was warm, you know, freshly made. And I told James that was worth every single calorie (laughs) um, that, you know, that it had. But the pizza for me, it wasn't satiating. And I knew that you said that that would happen. You'll start to see that certain things are worth it and certain things aren't. So can you speak more to that? Absolutely. And I I have such a smile on my face because it makes me so happy to hear that that switch happened because we don't crave things that are not good for us. We don't actually crave... um, People say I have such a sweet tooth. You're not craving that because your body doesn't need it. The only reason you would crave sugar is if you put sugar into your body. Now, sugar is very interesting. Sugar is actually seven times more addictive than cocaine. So truly, when you have something with sugar, you literally can't just eat one. That's why it's so difficult to not have that one serving of whatever it is. But the pizza, for example, exactly on point. You had that piece of pizza, you thought it was going to be so amazing, but your body's like, 
is not really that good. It's totally not what I remember. But for me, I always like to talk about the experience. Um, this last Sunday, I um, when I went to church, they they were giving out either slices of pizza or um, a donut. And I, I, I said, sure, I'll have a donut. And so they gave me this donut. And here it is. I'm looking at it. It's got cream on top. It's glazed. There's fruity pebbles. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this looks amazing. <laughs> so, I, of course, I'm like, I, I have to do a post on this because everyone thinks like, oh, my gosh, Lisa would never eat that. Oh, my gosh, Lisa would never do that. My mother says the same thing. Like, oh, I can't believe you're eating that. When I go home to Buffalo, if I have chicken wings or, you know, a piece of pizza with our cup and char pepperonis, you know, oh, my gosh, I didn't think you would eat like that. Well, I'm not a clean eater 24 seven. That that's just a little bit. That's a little insane. I mean, I'm just like everyone else. You know, I just don't feel good when I eat the crap and you come to find out that you don't either. The more clean, healthy items that you put into your body, the better you feel. But if the experience is there, if you feel like it's worth it, then absolutely. So yeah, I had that donut and I was like, great. And I did a post about it talking about the importance of just relaxing and eating it. And great. I had a donut. Who cares? On to the next thing. So I, you don't want to get caught up in it. And, and I oftentimes see people, what happens is when you, when you put in such hard work over a period of time and you've seen these amazing results, you're so afraid to go backwards. So you think that that one moment is a slip up and it's going to have such detrimental results that you're like, well, I had that one treat. So I might as well just the whole day is ruined. I might as well just eat whatever I want. And then this very nasty cycle can occur. And a lot of times this is how, um, binge eating or eating disorders can occur because you start to you think in your psyche, the whole day is ruined. You eat whatever you want and then you completely regret what you just did and then you purge. So I've seen that with a lot of my clients and I, I see, I've seen that cycle. It's very important to catch that right away. So that's why with my program, it was very important that once you hit after that six weeks, once you hit that point, it's like, okay, now you, now you, you truly are feeling the differences and you're not making those choices because I'm telling you to, you're making those choices because now you want to, just like you said, that pizza didn't feel as satisfying as you expected it to. So now you're making those choices because you want to, which is com a complete mindset change. Now it's okay to relax a little bit and say you are out and you're with friends and or you go out to, to, to take your nieces and nephews out for ice cream, it's okay to have that ice cream. It's okay to have that piece of pizza. You want the donut? Eat the donut. You're going to go back to your normal, healthy way of eating after that. Yeah, I know a lot of people say that there's this essentially this rule of 80-20. And I know that we're not yet into the maintenance phase of what we're doing. But would you say that it's more like 90-10, 95-5? What do you abide by? Abide by? I would say that 80-20 is probably a good rule if you are in a maintenance phase. The problem with that is how many people actually sit down and categorize their calories and realize just how small 20% is. 20% is less than a meal if you're eating multiple times during the day. So you can't have that 20% turn into 
actually 40 or 50% of your total caloric intake for the day, which is very likely what it becomes. A big problem I see with many people is that they go as long as they can without eating because they think it's less calories that they're consuming. So the lower the calories, the better they are and the less fat that they're going to have on their bodies, which is a complete misconception. Then at the end of the day, they're starving and they think because they saved up all these calories, like a bank of some sort, they can eat this unhealthy meal. Well, your body is completely in starvation mode, so it has no idea when it's going to eat again. So instead of you burning all of those calories, those unhealthy calories that you're consuming, your body holds on to everything. Your metabolism has slowed. You've actually done the opposite throughout the day by not eating. You've slowed your metabolism down. So now you have a slow metabolism, your body's in starvation mode, and you go and have a cheeseburger and fries and a Coke. Well, your body's just going to hold on to all that. So you're 100% doing yourself a disservice. Now, in that case, is that a little extreme? Maybe a little extreme. So that would be 100% of your calories. But there are so many people who can relate to that type of a day where they barely eat anything. And then when they do eat, it's unhealthy. So that's not 80-20 because it's not actual correct based off of your total caloric intake for the day. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And so, you know, one of the biggest things that I've struggled with over the last month is my uh, work schedule. And so I'd love to know your perspective. There's a lot of people listening who run businesses. They're really busy. Obviously, all of us are busy. But when you own your own business, as you know, there's a sense of pressure and responsibility that's there. And obviously, as you're growing and scaling, and you have other people relying upon you, or at least I'll speak for myself, as we're growing our team, as we're expanding, as we have more programs and more clients, there there is more pressure and there's more to think about. And so I, over the last few weeks, have found myself working like 12-hour days, which is obviously not the goal. And one of the first things for me that I found kind of falls by the wayside is that exercise routine. And for whatever reason, I've been able to stick to the meal plan, which I'm proud of, because in the past, I would have like gone to junk food and whatever else. And so that's been really positive. But what do you say to people who... Um, maybe maybe it is the food that suffers or they don't exercise because they aren't you know, making it priority and work or career is taking over. What is your thought process around that to help people get back on track? I would say exactly what you experienced and how you reacted to it is the proper way. It's the best way to handle it. In a perfect world, we would all get our our, our exercise in every day, we would all eat healthy and clean. There would be no global warming, right? So everything would <laughs> be perfect. But there, that's just not the case. Life gets in the way. And we all have to understand that. So the very first thing to go should be the exercise over the nutrition. And the reason why is because if you eat clean and healthy and right for your body, you can not only maintain your health, but you can also change your health. I had a client who worked with me for the first six months, never stepped foot in a gym. And he told me that before we began working together. So he followed a meal plan and lost 50 pounds only by what he was eating because he was eating for his body and for his body type. But we also want to remember that although the exercise is the first thing to go, we've got to remember 
where did that get us? So when you did that over and over and over for such a long period of time, what ended up happening, not only to our bodies, but to our minds, to our productivity, to our energy, and to our overall health. If you look back at your patterns of working out and when you didn't make that a priority, how did you feel? How happy were you? How productive were you? Put everything on a scale and look at, look in, you know, take a hard look in the mirror of what you as an individual were like before you started exercising. Now look at yourself on those same, through those same levels of when you were exercising. You're happier, you're more productive, you have more energy, you're more confident when you look in the mirror. So we have to choose. We all have to choose and we make those choices. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. And everyone always says, grind, 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 grind. And I'm a big proponent of that as well. You always hear me call everyone motivators and have you done what it takes to accomplish your goals today? You know, that's the one thing I always end with. Yeah, absolutely grind. But that doesn't mean that rest is not important. Sometimes the best thing for someone to lose weight, if that's specifically what we're talking about, or even an athlete, when we're not talking about weight loss, we're just talking about performance, is rest. So if you need that rest, whether it's your body or your mind to de-stress, absolutely take a day, take three days, get enough sleep, drink a glass of wine, whatever it is that makes you just take a moment to just absolutely relax and lower your cortisol levels. When we're stressed, our cortisol levels rise and that actually has us hold on to fat. So it's going to be counterproductive. So when you're ready to get back to it, we don't have to go two and a half hours in the gym every day. Sometimes life gets in the way. So if you have only 40 minutes one day that you're going to exercise, great. Go get that 40 minutes in. Don't skip it because it's only 40 minutes in your mind. Go do those 40 minutes. You might do 40 minutes of just cardio. Great. The next day you might have 40 minutes of just weights. You might do a combination of cardio and then one muscle group. You might knock out one muscle group in those 40 minutes great. At least you did something. At least you moved. And it's going to have more of an impact on your soul, on your attitude, and on your overall health than worrying about, oh my gosh, did I lose enough weight this week? It's more about the overall health picture. Yeah. And I know one of the things that you said to me that I've said to my clients you know, all the time is to reconnect with your desires and why you actually started. Because truly the same thing happens when we have group programs and we're helping people build businesses and change their lives in other ways. They start off really gung-ho. They obviously have clear goals that they want to hit. They're super excited. They're doing something new. They're starting to see results. And then they get to a point where it's like, oh, this is hard or life happens or COVID happens. (laughs) Some sort of challenge comes up and then they revert back and they're not doing the mindset work and they're not focused on the mantras and the meditations. And we have to remind them, well, the thing that got you here is the thing you have to keep doing. Otherwise, we're going to revert back because you have decades of years where you weren't thinking in this way and you weren't showing up in this way. And that's kind of, that's going to take over. And so, you know, you're completely right in that it's important to pay attention to what you need, but also reconnect with your desire and why it is that you're doing this um, so that you can keep moving forward and look back at the last six weeks or two months or whatever. 
and ask yourself, okay, so I did commit to this and how did I feel? How was that transformational for me? How did that help me get to where I am today? And ultimately like reconnect with those desires because that will help you move through whatever it is you're experiencing. Absolutely. And you know, Emily, I really like to make incremental goals. We're we're looking at the overall picture. And I think largely as Americans, we we tend to look from A to Z and we don't want to worry about the rest of the alphabet. It's great that we want to set our sights so high and set a great goal and we want to crush it and do anything it's going to take and break down any barrier to get there. But are we really going to do anything it takes? Because usually what take what it takes is time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us, we want it instant. We want instant gratification. We want our goal. We want our achievement and we want it now because everything else in our lives is instant. And I always like to say those items, those things, those goals that we want to achieve that were the most difficult to achieve are likely the ones that are the most worth it. So we can't, we can't just expect that end goal to happen overnight. So it's important to have incremental goals along the way. For yourself, for example, you said your weight loss in the beginning, and then we had an, we have an overall goal for you, which is 30 pounds. But instead of focusing on that 30, we really need to reel it into exactly where you are today and the, the amount of weight that you've lost up until this point within that amount of time. That's fantastic. That, 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 it doesn't, that's just amazing. You know, that is exactly what any anyone could could hope for if you laid laid it out on a map it's almost like we have to take that moment to look at the whole journey and and not forget that it takes time to go from a to z oh totally yeah and i mean we see the say the same things to our clients when they're you know, going through a launch and they feel like things aren't working, we have to be able to celebrate along the way. Otherwise, we're going to get to the end and we won't have taken the time. We won't have, you know, verified everything that we've done along the on the along the journey and actually um what do they say? Whenever I do my Peloton classes, one of the teachers, he says, (laughs) self-validate. And so we have to self-validate along the way so that our mind knows we're on the right path. This is actually working. We're going to keep going. Otherwise, if we wait until the end, we're going to lose motivation because we just haven't gotten there yet. And so we don't see the results that are already happening. So I totally get it. And I have to say, though, it's easier said than done (laughs) sometimes. Like I teach this to my clients, but then when you're in the midst of it, it, it can be challenging. And so I, I totally kind of see the perspective from both sides, especially because this journey, the health journey is newer to me. And so I'm kind of getting my memory. Um, it's jogging my memory in terms of when I first started my business and what some kind of new entrepreneurs might be going through. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, I think we just have to respect the process because if we don't Along the way, like you said, we, we kind of miss miss out on certain things. And inherently we're 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 naturally negative and pessimistic individuals, you know, and that doesn't mean that we're always sad or upset. It just means the way our brain brains work, it's just natural for us to 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 see negativity and to instead of pulling out the positive. It takes effort to look at something and say, okay, I'm gonna see the positive in this. Okay, I'm gonna see the positive in this. And sometimes that in itself is exhausting. And so I think it's so important to just respect that. If you're just burnt out, sometimes you don't want that person in your face saying, 
well, you're just doing A for effort. That's great. You know what? You want to be like, shut up. I don't want to listen to that right now. I'm mad and I want to be mad. You know what? Good. Be mad. Sit in it, feel it, get over it. And then let me know when you're ready to get back at it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I have to say my husband is one of those rare people who literally is, is naturally positive. Like he, there's always a bright side to everything. And I love that about him. And then obviously there are times where it drives me crazy, but most of the time I do love it because it's just so refreshing to be around because I'm not naturally like that. I'm always like, there's a next level. I could do better. Why didn't I do this? I should have, you know, stuck to it, so on and so forth. And so, yeah, I have a lot to learn from him. Yeah, we all do because he's, he's rare. I'll, I'll yeah. say that for sure. The other thing that I've noticed that is the same in terms of building a business, which is what I always bring this back to, is just that level of awareness. And I found that there was something that came up for me around exercise that I didn't realize was actually holding me back. And it sounds so funny to say out loud, but basically... After, um, you know, I've had long hair for years, but last year I got extensions for the first time. And so with extensions, you're supposed to properly dry your hair every single time you take a shower. And I'm somebody who like, I even said to James on our first date, which is super embarrassing. I said, Hey, I'm Emily. Sorry. I sweat a lot because I was really sweaty. It was like 90 degrees, but I've always been somebody who sweats a lot. And so whether I work out for 20 minutes or 40 minutes or two hours, I'm always super sweaty. And so of course, every time I work out, I want to take a shower. And one of the things that you and I have started doing that you recommended was doing um, cardio in the morning first thing on an empty stomach. And then later on in the afternoon, I would do my strength training. And so that meant like there were times where I'd have to be taking two showers. And obviously, I could wear a shower cap. And again, this sounds so silly saying it out loud, but um, my hair would be sweaty. (laughs) And so I had this whole like big conundrum around how do I exercise and like blow dry my hair, which takes 30 minutes and then do my makeup again and be on camera all the time. And so honestly, like that's something I've had to figure out schedule wise, because it does take a long time to be camera ready and to work out and to run a company. And so I just wanted to mention that, like, because there's all these things that will come up for us that we don't even realize are an issue until we start on the journey. You're 100% correct. It's not silly. It's not odd. And 99.9% of females experience the exact same thing. And I'm one of them. There's plenty of times where I have said no to a workout or no to the gym because I'm like, I just washed my hair. Like, and I know we, we feel silly saying that out loud, but that's a real thing. Like, we don't want to go out looking like crap. We don't want to get in front of the camera looking a certain, we we have certain standards that we want to hold. So I have invested in sea salt spray and dry shampoo and and all (laughs) kinds of like craziness. But people know me by now that I basically just live in gym clothes. If you're ever seeing me not in gym clothes, like that's a treat for me and a treat for everyone. (laughs) So a hundred percent though. I mean, those are the little things where it's like, "Ah, man, is is this really important right now? How can I work around this? Or how can I schedule this around this so that I don't have to do that? Because it is it is a time thing. You don't want to get all sweaty. I, I don't work out with makeup on my face. So if I've done my makeup for the day, I'm not working out. 
I've, yeah. I, I, I either got up early and I got my workout in or I'm just not working out that day because I don't want my pores to be clogged with makeup. So, you know, and, and maybe I'm, I'm a little bit, maybe other females are more worried about their hair than me, but not always worried about their makeup, but it's a hundred percent a real thing. And <laughs> guys just have it easy with that. They can just hop in the shower, rinse off and they're done. So it's, it's, it's a real, a real issue for females. Yeah. And I think it just goes to show how important it is to figure out your schedule and what you're doing and be organized. And you said that from the get-go that it's all about meal prep and figuring out when you're going to do things. And I know for me that it's been um, a bit of a learning curve because I actually really like to write in the morning. And so to get up and immediately do my workout, I tend to get hungry really quickly. So it's like I'm rolling out of bed. 15 minutes later, I'm getting on the Peloton and I'm like, this is really, you know, the way that I'm going to be doing this for years to come. And I ultimately like working out in the morning as well. It feels really good to have that done. But there are some mornings where I'd rather be writing and not have to deal with my hair and all of the stuff. And it's just, it's just an interesting journey and figuring out what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely different for everyone. And I I understand that and I respect that. I wasn't always the way I am now. And I think you were actually a person who who said to me you're like, "Yeah, I I when I I was I think I was giving you an example of something to do and I used myself as the example and you said, "Yeah, but you're used to this. You do this all the time. I don't." And I'm like, "You you know what? You're right." So, it has become a lifestyle for me, but it's a lifestyle that I choose. And I know for me, the, the biggest thing that I can always fall back on is how bad I actually got when I didn't work out. I experienced depression terribly and how low I actually got and how working out slowly brought me out of that. And I never want to feel that way again. So for someone who struggles with depression, when I start to feel those feels and I can't use my other tools to help me get back out of it. I know instantly I'm like, all right, am I working out? When's the last time I, when's the last time I got my heart rate up? When's the last time I lifted some weights? When's the last time I did X, Y, and Z? Cause it's all too easy to just let it fall to the wayside. Yeah, totally. So obviously we're going to do one more um, session together on the show and we're going to talk about the next 30 days. So what do I have in store for myself over the next 30 days, Lisa? What can I expect and how realistic is it that I could lose eight more pounds in 30 days? Eight pounds in 30 days is an absolutely realistic goal, Emily. We, we are on track. We are ahead of schedule. It's it's definitely, definitely doable. It's It's not something that's Mm, we're going to have to really fight for it. The only thing is that it, it's it's actually, in my opinion, it's downhill from here. We know what your body does. We know how you train. We know how your body's going to react. So it's not a guessing game anymore, whereas a large portion of finding out our bodies can become a guessing game. So with you, we know exactly what to do and how you how you respond. So it's the monotony that is what you're going to have to push through. So the fact that you have this goal and we've already incrementally gotten this far, now these eight pounds look so attainable and you can cross them off one by one. And you can say to yourself, man, you know what? I can go a little bit more. I can do that extra 20 minutes on the treadmill this morning. I can do that. I can fit this in. I'm almost there. And you get more and more and more excited because it becomes more and more and more attainable. But whether or not a person's going to push through the monotony of doing the same thing 
And that's why I try to break up those workouts. I'm always trying to give you something new, something fresh, something different. And to be honest, with your case specifically, you don't have to have something new, something different. You can absolutely, if it's easier for you, you can go back to workouts that you know, that you liked, and that were maybe less time consuming. And we can choose those instead of you learning new workouts if that's easier for you, because I know with you, you struggle with time. So it's, it's all about what, what, is, what are the best choices for you to get from A to, a to Z now and your, your goals in sight? Because you're not at A anymore. You're, we're at W. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I really love the strength training stuff. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to work with you is because, like I said in the previous episode, there were lots of meal plans that I've done in the past where exercise wasn't actually a part of it. And I didn't feel like I got stronger or I was as toned. Um, so I do really like the strength training stuff and, and that's been a huge shift for me as well. I do actually enjoy exercise. And so this piece around why is this the, the first thing that falls by the wayside when things get crazy busy, that's something I genuinely want to figure out because even, even James and I were having a random conversation the other day and I was like, oh, well, I'm a really good athlete. And he's like, what do you mean? And he wasn't trying to be mean, but I was voted most athletic when I was younger and in, in our whole, out of our whole class. And but he doesn't see me as that person because I'm not, you know, out there running marathons or anything, but I'm still athletic. I just don't play volleyball anymore. I don't play basketball, all of that. But it has been feeling really good to get back to the place where I am moving so much more and I can actually see myself getting stronger. And even, you know, on the Peloton this morning when I did my bike ride, it's the strength training one where you're, you do the arms and you do the the bike at the same time. And it's like the fourth time that I've done that class. And it was so much easier this time. So even seeing those little wins and milestones, it does make a huge difference and it does excite me. And so I want to, I want to keep going. That's amazing. That's so good to hear. I have such a smile on my face. I'm so happy for you because I think not only myself, but I, I know that your clients and your friends and other people that we know mutually have said such amazing things about you. And and to see you become a happier, better version of yourself is... <sighs> I, I couldn't ask for anything else. I'm just... I'm so happy for you because that's that's the ultimate goal. Thank you, Lisa. Well, I'm excited for the next 30 days and excited to update everyone once we get there. So we will keep you in the loop for everyone listening. Thank you so much for being a part of this series and episode. And I know that there's been a lot of you who have reached out to say that you're inspired. So stay tuned for the next installment. And thank you again, Lisa. I hope you loved today's episode. Definitely leave a review for us on iTunes if this episode spoke to you and you experienced some sort of transformation. And if you know anyone who needs the I Heart My Life show in their life, definitely send them our way. You can send them to iheartmylifeshow.com or iheartmylife.com slash podcast. We will see you on the next episode. We hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the I Heart My Life show. Take a second and leave a review. It would mean so much to us and we read all of them. 
And for further inspiration and life and business tips about creating a life that you love and achieving massive success, definitely follow us at I Heart My Life on Instagram and at I Heart My Life Now on Facebook. See you next time.